Welcome back to the Raising Helmets podcast, a podcast about four people who can walk. All of them. All of us. <laughs> to varying degrees of competence. I would say at the top is probably you. Uh, not lately. I keep walking into doorways. I don't That's know true. why. At the top is, against all odds, me. <laughs> and then Rory. And then you. Well, I wouldn't say that. Rory also walks into the doorways a lot. Well, yeah, but... The only person left is... I would arrange us by height in terms sense. of walking competence. Which is funny because my height is what made me fall over so much. <laughs> I was a very clumsy teenager. Anyway, the buried lead here is that Joseph has taken his first steps. What was it, like a week and a half ago? Yeah. Something like that. Um, he For a long time now, we've been propping him up every day because he, he was sort of able to stand and then scooting back and being like, walk to mommy, walk to mommy, you can do it, Joey. And he'd just smile, this super mischievous smile, and immediately dive for the floor and crawl over into your lap, which was cute, but we wanted him to walk. So one day I had this Band-Aid on my finger, and I sort of absentmindedly like, pulled it off and folded it up. And he saw it, and he just wanted that Band-Aid more than anything that we had ever offered him before, apparently. and. Suddenly he was walking for it. And now he uh, he's not at the choosing to walk over choosing to crawl stage yet. He um, he still crawls if it's a distance of more than like two or three feet, I'd say. Um, but he's definitely opting to walk more and more. And right. we're very proud and he's very proud. And even when he's not close, he will often do a sort of kind of like a superhero run where he takes a few steps as big as he can before he knows he's going to fall. And then kind of like dives <laughs> for the ground, like he's like he's stealing second base or something. Oh yeah, definitely. He's just like trying to outrun his body length, and then he crashes. <laughs> That's probably the biggest news. I guess he's saying some words. Um, today, I I took him to a playdate thing where there were a bunch of snacks, and as soon as he saw the table full of snacks, he just goes, "Yes." That's great. That's exactly what I did for. <laughs> My entire legal education. <laughs> I know. Every time there was a table of free food. Yes. Um, and he said it a couple other times, too, to make me think it it wasn't a coincidence. Mm. And um, he says dad-dad when he wakes up because he knows he'll go, come get him. More likely than me because I will almost <laughs> definitely still be asleep. <laughs> Uh, the other day I took him on the bus and he loved it. And we hadn't actually been on a bus in a while. And I think there was just something really good for his soul about being on this huge vehicle without being strapped into a car seat he was just going crazy he would have like battered the window just like full-on pounding it gleefully with his fists but i didn't want him to do that because i thought the bus driver probably wouldn't like that yeah like there's an escape happening or something um and so I wasn't really paying attention because someone was like talking to him and and making faces, and then and then she was like, "Did you say bus?" And he goes, "Bus." Oh. So uh, that's probably four or five words now. He he really pretty reliably now says "da" for dog. And then mama, dada. Yeah, still nothing for Rory, which. Yeah. Given the number of things we call Rory, like row, 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 buddy, bubba, brother, like they're they're. Just pick one, kid. It seemed yeah. like today he said something close to Rory, but it could have been a coincidence. Yeah, it's a tough one for sure. We're not expecting him to be able to enunciate, especially the R's, very quickly. But we, 
you know, sometimes kids get nicknames because it's what their younger sibling called them. And I was really curious if that's going to happen, but it one, hasn't yet. One thing we did, we have a photo of the four of us up on the wall. And I asked him where each of us was, including himself. And he pointed to all four of us correctly. Oh, yeah. He totally knows who he is. Definitely. Um, mm. Rory's just being ordinary. No updates there. Right? Um, I mean, he's really, really excited to start preschool. That's true. Just a couple weeks. And he's getting more and more talkative. He's been really interested in shadows lately. Sometimes he likes pointing them out and talking about them. And sometimes he gets really concerned by them. So I brought this little projector toy home from the preschool where I work. And he was pretty freaked out by it. Like, he he didn't want to touch it when I told him it was a shadow toy, which admittedly is sort of vague. And when you're a toddler and think shadows are sort of these... Uh, disembodied like shapes on the walls or whatever I can see how that would have been disturbing but he likes playing with it but then when he went to go to bed he was like mom I don't want to go to bed with the shadow toy mm -hmm. he was he wanted it to keep its distance I was thinking we absolutely should not show him that episode of Doctor Who with the shadows that eat people oh yeah <laughs> no. I don't know why we would ever dare show him any episode of Doctor Who until he's much older but yeah, definitely. That just seems very terrifying. Um, that's probably about it. You you can make really good sandwich bread now mm -hmm. with your sourdough. Yeah, it was one of those recipes that was a first just first try. Popped mm -hmm. it in the oven, popped it out later. Actually, first try worked out really well. Second try did not turn out so well. Yep, when I set the timer after putting the bread in, it turned off. I pressed the button to turn it off. And so yeah. it baked for like 15 minutes and then flopped. We still managed to eat it because I put it back in. It was fine. Mm -hmm. it just looked we made disgusting. French toast with it. Yeah. It turned out really well. But, yep. It was delicious. Bread making continues to improve. Gearing up for the fall today, this weekend, has been fantastic so far. It was so gorgeous. It smelled like fall outside. Which makes no sense to me. Do you know what is it? What makes something smell like fall? Just not um, being hot. It maybe it could very well be that I don't know. It's there's just the the crispness in the air. Yeah, see, I feel the crispness. I don't think that's a smell. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, it had like a little bit. It was like a little bit moist, but not. Maybe actually, it was a little drier. See, none of those things are smells. Well, yeah, but you can smell water in the air. Right, like if it's about to rain or if it has just rained, the air smells different. Probably because of like being mixed up. I don't really know. It's hard to explain spelling. All right, what's on the docket? What do you got? So apparently um, in Japan, gender roles are a lot more uh prevalent in society than they are in America. I mean, we've got a lot of them going on here, but apparently it's uncommon enough to see dads doing parenting in public in Japan that there was this guy um, who took his toddler on the train and she was really tired and she she was resisting going to sleep and so she started crying and somebody called the police and mm -hmm. reported that he was maybe trying to kidnap his daughter. And um, it, it 
garnered some interesting responses on Twitter. It was all in Japanese, so I've only read like the translated versions. <laughs> um, but the 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 guy himself that it happened to was like, yeah, that was pretty. That was a pretty big bummer, and we need to change our culture if a dad handling a crying toddler is seen as like a potential threat to the child. And some people were, you know, had the perspective that you can really understand better safe than sorry, right? Like if the few dads who do parent every once in a while, they like made him pull out his ID and her insurance card to show that they matched. And then they called his wife and she like explained to them that he was taking the child and she talked to the child, which seemed to me like probably more layers than necessary of, of double checking. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to react to because you don't want to be the person saying that like kidnapping children isn't that big a deal. And it's definitely true that the people most likely to kidnap children are close family members and not strangers. So on the one hand, it's like, okay, you can see why you might want to be overly cautious. But on the other hand, there weren't any red flags raised besides the fact that this dad was alone with his toddler, which seems like it should be a fairly normal thing. I mean, you take the boys out alone by yourself all the time here. Yeah, so it's, it's actually funny that you're bringing this up because the last time I took the boys to the park and Rory fell and scraped his knee or something mm-hmm. um, and then just started crying bloody murder, like a disproportionately loud response. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sort of sitting there comforting him, being like, yeah, this actually looks really suspicious. And mm-hmm. if I saw this, I would at least be somewhat concerned. Yeah. This dude is kind of forcibly taking this kid who's clearly not happy to be there. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, if if I saw a woman doing that, I probably wouldn't think twice, right? Yeah, but, I mean, people do have toddlers who, for whatever godforsaken reason, have discovered that the most dramatic thing they can do during a tantrum is to yell, like, put me down, I don't want to go with you. Like, like, or some some people's kids have figured out to yell, you're not my mom, as a way of really riling up their parents. So it's sort of hard to say, like, do we just want a really high level of scrutiny of who has children? Maybe. Um, But also maybe as society, people need to get more comfortable with what is developmentally appropriate for a, a toddler. Maybe, Maybe we need some kind of public awareness campaign of like, this is what, you know, an actual distress sign uh, to to call the police over looks like versus like this is sort of a normal toddler tantrum thing it was kind of an interesting cross-section of responses i thought because you know there were some people who were like well just put up with it because child safety is worth all of that which i definitely don't want to delegitimize child safety in public there was one person who, who actually tweeted out like well if this is a concern to you, then maybe you should parent better so that your kid doesn't cry. That's the that's the take. So that was, of course, you know, that was the real galaxy brain one. Yep. Well, speaking of gender roles, my next item um, is about how being a woman in public with a child can kind of suck. Oh, really? Yeah. So there this was this is complementarianism. I know, right? There was a woman who was nursing her kid at um, the Washington Nationals oh, arena uh-huh. recently, and uh, a um, what are they called? Attendant, um, part of the staff. Yeah, the... an employee. I, I'm forgetting the name. 
uh, walked up to her and said, hey, so just so you know, we have um, like a nursing room that you can go to with your kid. Uh, it's like over there. And she points like halfway across the stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, baseball field is big. Um, and she goes, she goes, no, thanks. I'm, you know, I'm fine. I'm just nursing here. I feel fine. And she goes, well, okay. So somebody um, complained and that you're making her feel, them feel uncomfortable. Um, so we would like you to go. And so this nursing lady, because all nursing women know this, informs her that it is in fact, you know, DC state law, state law, that um, <laughs> you're allowed to nurse in public. Yeah, so, anywhere you're legally allowed to be, you're allowed to nurse. Exactly. And she, she and she said apparently, look around, lots of people are eating and they don't have to go to the nursing room. Mm-hmm. Why does my kid have to? So this, and then like the staff member sort of pushed a little bit and was like, well, you know, I'm just trying to make, diffuse the situation. And she's like, no, you should go tell whoever it was that, mm-hmm that I am allowed to be here. And she made, she made a good point. She, cause she ended up talking to, um, the, the, some journalist about this, that, that makes you feel uncomfortable for the rest of the game. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you're clearly not welcome here. Allowed to do what. Yeah. And you're like, okay, who around me was like staring at me going yeah. about my business and judged me and like actually felt the need to try to kick me out here. This reminds me of the, the tweet that said, all churches should have a cry room, which is where you put the people who complain about the kids crying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my other, like, kind of more positive, kind of not docket item, is about food waste. It sounds so enticing. How, if you had to guess, how much do you think, on average, a food of food waste is produced for every meal a restaurant serves? Oh. Like what percentage of the meal worth or something? What's the no metric? no? There's it's like a weight. Oh okay. So for for every meal that a restaurant produces, Ugh. there's a certain weight of food waste also produced. A food waste? I don't know, like a pound? Not too far off. It's half a pound. Half a pound. Okay. Half a pound per meal. Which of of so if I eat if I eat a quarter pounder, an eighth of a pound of food is being thrown in the trash. Okay, so I don't know if, like, fast food is being counted here, especially because, like, I think this largely has to do with, um, like, produce ends, like, like uh, vegetables being peeled and having leaves and roots chopped off. There's, like, oh, a, okay. there's a little bit of this lettuce went mushy, yeah. part of this apple. So there's, stuff we would feed to a guinea pig. Not necessarily, though, because there's also, like, in the butchering process, not every scrap of meat and bone is being used, right? Okay. Um, maybe, some bre- maybe, like, the heels of the bread don't get used. So um, that was kind of crazy to me. I, like, I'd, I'd never thought of that. I, in fact, I sort of thought that restaurants might be better about food waste than home cooks, which I haven't really weighed ours. I feel like ours is pretty bad just because the kids... We don't eat everything on their plates, or I don't know. Say what you will. I eat basically all the food <laughs> off their plates. I would like to get better at this at home. Um, other people are also working on making uh, a difference, decreasing this level of food waste. One idea is to have restaurants send more freebie things home with patrons. One idea that was kind of cool is that with all of the uh, tortilla chips and salsa on your table at a Mexican restaurant that gets bagged up and sent home with a recipe for turning it into morning after chile quiles. Mm. You just you like t- 
toss the chips in the salsa, you put a fried egg on top. Um, sounded pretty delicious. The one question I had is, what leftover chips and salsa? <laughs> um, or, you know, like if there's part of your steak that you hadn't eaten, it gets turned into a sandwich and you get to eat it the next day for lunch. Um, right. So, so I, I think when, when you first said this, what I was imagining was, I think there was something about how McDonald's will just throw away any fries that are sitting around for longer than seven minutes or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, some of this sounds more reasonable, like, you know, roots and stuff that you're just going to throw away. Mm-hmm. And then like this stuff, obviously that seems mostly to be a consumer mindset problem. Like I, my mom went out to dinner with some friends who are slightly, I guess one might say higher class. Um, and the friends would order this massive entree and then just kind of eat what they wanted and then just leave the rest at the plate. So like we have two types of people in the world and one type is fine with wasting food and the other type tries to eat their food, (laughs) um, which is somewhat symbiotic, but I I guess so. And definitely like ordering the amount of food that you want to eat is helpful, but you like consumers can't control what gets wasted in the back of the house. Which is why my suggestion is that every restaurant should be required by law to have both a dog to eat the meat scraps (laughs) and a guinea pig to eat the veggie scraps. Okay, so um, people have other things too, like like carrot tops usually get discarded, right? But some people are starting to use them to make pesto, um, as you might use an herb like basil or something like that. I see. Okay. Yeah. Another restaurant, I think that I think a vegan restaurant doesn't own any vegetable peelers, so whatever vegetable you eat, you're going to be hmm. eating the peel <laughs> instead of peeling it off and processing it a little bit more. Sure. Which I thought was kind of a good idea. Like again, when. I'm peeling a vegetable. I peel it right straight into the guinea pig's cage. I've actually been saving um, onion skins and roots and stuff to toss in broth the next time I make them rather than like a whole onion that I could, you know, cook something else with. This will also impart some of that oniony flavor. I got that tip from a blog called um, Eat Trash with Claire, I think. And <laughs> well her whole thing is like how can we make more of the food scraps that normally we would throw in the trash and I thought that was really clever she was experimenting with making broth out of garlic and onion skins um and so now I now I save those and I'll I'll throw them in the next time I make uh next time I make chicken broth you know yeah all right that was my that was my second docket item okay I have one more did you hear about the time capsule you definitely started a docket item like that before. Which time Have capsule we talked is about this? time capsules before? Yeah. This is a different one. This one is from New Hampshire. It was kept in a library, specifically the Dairy Public Library. In 1969, it was put in a time capsule for what? 70 years? 60 years? Mm-hmm. My mom was born in 1969, so this is embarrassing. 60 years, right? No, 50 years. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Anyway, they finally opened it because it's been 60 years now. 50 years. 50 years now. Do you know what was inside of it? I'll give you a hint. It was kept in the library storage room. Mm -hmm. Anybody who requests a key is allowed access to the storage room at any time. There is no log monitoring when anybody enters the storage room. And the time capsule was placed on a shelf. And while there is a combination lock, the combination to the combination lock 
was on a sticky note on the back of the capsule. And it sat there for 60 years. Okay, so it was empty. So it was empty. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> we'll never, not only that, we'll never know what was inside of it. Because you don't keep log of what was in the capsule. The point is, mm-hmm. 60 years later, Unless you the somebody feels bad and decides to come back and admit to it. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So some thief in New Hampshire has all this stuff. How maybe, big was it? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was just like a combination safe kind of stuff that you keep your valuables in. Mm-hmm. Not, you know... I'd always thought that time capsules were supposed to look more like futuristic and, and cylindrical and like you want there to be kind of a sci-fi flavor to it, but that's just a boring old combination safe. Well, first of all, you're hurting the safe's feelings. There's no second of all there. You're right. It is supposed to look super cool. You pull it out of the ground and you go, wow, this is... Yeah, it deserved to be empty. Yeah. All right. In honor of Tommy Ty, we have a brief segment... Uh, copying his tulips and no turds and tulips yes where we give turds to the bad and tulips to the good so i'd retroactively then like to apply turds to the person at the washington national stadium and also whoever stole the time capsule they both get turds all right did you have anyone else to give turds to yeah but not (laughs) not that i've mentioned in the podcast so far (laughs) okay so with 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 turds out of the way very uh, quickly and efficiently, mm-hmm. I'd like to move on to tulips, which I'm awarding to Trevor Mallard. Do you know who Trevor Mallard is? Yes, he's Donald Duck's cousin. No, he is the Speaker of Parliament in New Zealand. So somebody um, on their first day back from paternity leave brought their baby with them to the Parliament floor, and the Speaker of Parliament, Trevor Mallard, held and babysat the baby for a while. For the for the baby's dad and just conducted his business and oversaw a debate and and there's these cute videos and he's in these like very fancy judge robes and he's a very like very large figure he's got these broad shoulders and then he's got this baby in a bottle in the crook of his arm while he's gesturing and uh, you know generally speaking and presiding so I want to give two lips to that guy because uh, he's inspired my new favorite T-shirt slogan which is babies belong in the house and the senate. I like that one. <laughs> I think it's, um, you know, we have a Senator T- Tammy Duckworth, I believe, of Alaska, who's brought her baby daughter. Um, in fact, I think she petitioned for the law to be overturned that babies were not allowed on the floor of Congress. We're better to remind the politicians about what really matters than to have a baby welcome zone in your in your uh, house of government. I will say there are not very many American Congress people who I would hand my baby to. <laughs> Well, I would hand but my baby to Trevor Mallard. I would too. There's like another picture of him holding like two babies too. Yeah, someone in the replies yeah, was powerful. like, okay, so this is old news over here. And there were like pictures of him holding two babies at once. And I appreciate that this podcast kind of started off talking about a dude who was accused of stealing babies and is ending with a dude who literally steals babies. It's but... just willingly given babies constantly. Yeah. yeah. As far as we know. <sighs> I guess so. So this guy's pretty powerful. Perhaps in New Zealand. So here's audio of Joey talking into a box that we used to distract him while he was practicing his standing up. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>